0: Hey guys welcome to the real shit with brit and wit this is whitney and this is Brittany. Britt, who do we have on today
1: we're so excited we have my friend amy on today we are doing um our second episode on our series of infertility and amy is a really awesome lady we're super stoked to have her on today uh she's going to talk about her journey with adoption
2: and so amy welcome hi thank you so much i'm excited to talk about it i love talking about adoption uh tell us for our listeners
1: just a little bit about yourself some background just what you got going on in life what
2: i have going on in life oh let's see i've married for almost 12 years guys this should be 12 years in september i grew up right around here and i've been a stay-at-home mom for the past four years what did you do before you were a mama i worked in customer service And it was great. I worked a lot of overtime, which led to adoption. (laughs) It was a means to an end. Nice. I always like to ask women,
1: "What did you do before momming?" Let's reminisce on that for just a moment.
2: Oh, I dressed up in pretty clothes and did makeup every day. You got to go
0: out on a Friday night and not worry about having to be home before like ten p.m.
2: (laughs) I kind of miss that, but I wouldn't trade it. Yeah. That's I feel, I feel like we all feel the same way.
1: It's like that's just momming. It's part of it. It's it's great, but then you give up a lot of your freedom, don't you? Absolutely. What, what freedom? freedom? Yeah. There is none. No. Um okay. So we're going to jump into this and Amy's going to give us a little bit of her story.
0: Yeah, so Amy, tell us, uh what's your journey with fertility?
2: So, when I was 18, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. I was actually working out at the gym and somebody there said, hold on, hold on. And they started touching my neck, which sort of freaked me out. And then I looked closely and I realized there was a bump and I had a goiter on my neck. And so I went to the hospital for that. And they said, you know, what? it's not a big deal. Just go to your doctor. The next day I went to my doctor and he told me that I had a thyroid condition and I learned a little bit about it, I've learned more as I've gone along, but I knew that my chances of ever having kids was slim, and I was okay with it. At that point, I was 18. I just wanted to do my own thing. I hadn't ever really craved that. That hadn't been something that was really important to me. Um. So that's kind of what started it.
1: Okay, so... Tell for people that don't know a little bit about Hashimoto's, what exactly what what's your pro, like the the journey with that? What is what keeps you from having issues? How do I want to say that? What
2: what are the issues caused with Hashimoto's and fertility? Okay, so there's there's two different ways that it happens. So there are different reasons why your thyroid can be off, but Hashimoto specifically is when your antibodies are actually attacking your thyroid. Killing it. So that changes your thyroid hormone level and that can interfere with alveolation. So it makes it harder to get pregnant. If you are able to actually get pregnant, um, then your body will actually attack the baby as if it's something foreign. So there is a increased risk of miscarriage by 290%. Wow. Oh my God. That's crazy.
0: Okay. So Amy, you said when you were 18 and you were diagnosed that you were totally fine not having kids. Mm -hmm. Did that change
2: for you after you got married? It did, but not right away. Um, Before we got married, my husband and I talked a lot about it and we were on the same page. He he has some medical issues that would actually prevent him from having kids that he knew about. And it was kind of the same thing. We were both okay with it and we were surrounded by nieces and nephews we could spoil and play with. And we thought, you know what, this is great. We have our own time. We have each other and that's all we need. But after being married for about five years, that's really when it started to hit me. Um, I knew it was something that I wanted. It took me a while to be able to tell him though. And when I did, whew, <laughs> uh, it was hard because he told me, he's like, you know, we agreed. We agreed upon this and it's it's not what our plan was. And so I kind of didn't talk about it much until my younger sister had her first son. And oh, when I went to see her in the hospital when he was born, I just sobbed and he, I, I knew that's what I wanted. I knew it and I couldn't just keep that to myself anymore, you know, so. Amy, so,
1: you know, this is pretty emotional right now. And so where does that emotion do you think come from? Um, I, I Obviously, I understand the emotion of wanting and longing for a baby, but knowing you have, you know, some of these medical issues and things like that. But where do you think the... Does the emotion come in? Fr- you started to get emotional when we talked about how, you know, four years in you kind of realized and started wanting that a little bit more. Did it make you emotional, um, to talk to your husband about it because were you afraid or were you like,
2: what were your feelings there with him? Honestly, I was afraid. I didn't know how to approach it because I knew how he felt. And, I just didn't want to put that on him. I never, ever, ever would want to put something on him that he didn't want. And so that made me nervous okay. to feel like I was, I was kind of forcing that on him because he's such a great guy. He will go along with what I want if I really tell him that's what I want. And I didn't want to do that. I was trying to approach it in a respectful way. It made me uncomfortable. Um, turns out it made him uncomfortable too. Okay. But <laughs> I think that was Not my fault approached. because I was nervous. I approached him that way and it, it kind and of And so after off. seeing
1: your sister in the hospital, right? With your little nephew, um, What about your husband? Did he have any of those feelings too? I mean, men are so different. I feel like like we see like puppies and we're like, we need a puppy, but then you know, the reality of it's hard work. That's so true. Right? Like I don't care how many kids I have and how difficult life is. Like I'll see the puppies for sale on the side of the road just going to pick up the pizza down the street. And I'm not joking, I have the split second thought of I could go buy a puppy, that'd be fun. Like so, you know, (laughs) but men are just like they're so logical and they see way. So did your husband have any of those emotions to having a new little baby in the family or was it really just kind of you having those mama cravings
2: honestly at first it was just me he he wasn't there and he wasn't interested um after my nephew was born I brought it up a few more times because that really just it it hit me so hard when he was born that I knew that was something I'd never be able to be happy without um uh, I also knew that I couldn't be happy without my husband so I was kind of stuck in this place and we we talked about it quite a few times um I think my nephew was about six seven months old and it was actually on Thanksgiving day we were driving to my parents house and out of the blue we hadn't been talking about it for a few weeks maybe a few months um that he just said you know what Amy I'm ready Wow. I've been thinking about it a lot, and I, I'm i with you. I want to have a family. I just had to take my own time and think about it.
0: That is amazing that he was able to get on the same page as you.
2: I know, and the fact that he brought it up without being asked, it it was perfect.
1: Well, and that, that takes a lot of the pressure off of you, too, and the insecurities of feeling like it's just you that wants something for sure. Yeah, so I'm
2: like, I'm, I'm forcing something on him that he didn't sign up for. Yeah, I'm so grateful that he was able to have the time to feel that way too, and that he genuinely did. But
1: Now let's talk about this critical moment where you both are kind of on the same page about it. Do you at that point, knowing what's going on with your body and medical conditions and things like that, do you even have a thought in your mind at that point of should we try something fertility or was it always just, it's going to be adoption, this isn't a possibility for my body?
0: Yeah, did you guys try to have kids or just knowing... What the issues were that was just off the table.
2: We kind of did. So we had probably about six months where we just didn't do anything to prevent. Yeah. Right. We just didn't prevent it, and we didn't talk about it a lot. We were just kind of both like, okay, we're on. We both want this. Now what? But we didn't really know. Um. After a while of nothing happening which wasn't a surprise to either of us. We thought, okay, let's go talk to a doctor. Let's learn a little bit more about this. Um, I do have to say one of my big hesitations with really trying um, because I I never tried IVF. I never wanted to. The percentage of miscarriages scared me so badly because my older sister who also has Hashimoto's again, I've watched her go through 17 miscarriages. Oh, wow. That has wrecked her body. It's wrecked her personality. She's, she's so broken and so down. And I couldn't do that to myself. I I knew I couldn't. It breaks my heart for her. That
0: is so sad.
2: It's heartbreaking.
0: So, uh, this is something that can't,
1: that comes to my mind, you know, and, and and us being friends, we've talked about this a little bit outside of the, the microphones, obviously, um, but kind of the the judgments that come with that for you to just decide, you know, I don't want to take these routes of treatments, these routes of treatments because of the high probability of miscarriage and all these events, right? For you just to go straight to adoption, you, you have talked about that you get some people that just do not understand that at all. Tell us a little bit about some of the judgments you get from that decision.
2: Well, people who are very close to me, family, um, family and some friends that I was pretty close with, but we don't agree on everything. They were the ones that made it the hardest. Um, my, my parents personally, they just, were not for it. They didn't think that was the right thing to do. Um, my friends and some neighbors around that kind of knew what we were going through thought, you know what, you're not even going to try. You're not even going to try IVF. You're not going to try all these things. You know, you haven't tried Clomid. You haven't, you haven't had surgery. My hu- my husband, for his condition, he would have to have surgery, and he hadn't done that. And so these are people that I thought. Very few people, family, close friends that we could talk about this stuff with and to have a couple of them be so against it, it really hurt and it kind of scared me away from talking about it with anybody else. So we really kept it to ourselves for the most part that we wanted kids that we were trying. We We didn't talk to them about it. You know.
1: I think it's just an interesting dynamic to talk about with you because so many people, you know, with infertility they go to all the great lengths of trying everything. And so I actually love your story, you know, and I don't think it's right. Who can we really judge out there? I mean, you can't judge anybody for what their decisions are. It's it's your decision. You can I don't care if you're just someone who doesn't even have infertility issues. You know, Wit and I were talking about this earlier. Like, even if you just didn't want to go through a pregnancy or do that on your own and just felt like you wanted to adopt, that's, that's your personal decision, you know? And so at the end of the day, knowing that you do have something medical going on and that you have these high probabilities of things not working out, um, you know, that really is your decision. And I, I have a lot of respect for you for making that for sure.
0: Agreed. Definitely. There is a lot of respect. That is, that's an amazing um, decision to make for yourself and to know what's the healthiest thing, to do for yourself instead of kind of putting yourself through very expensive treatments knowing that the outcome the the probable outcome is not great. Total respect for you for making the best decision for yourself that you could.
2: Thank you guys so much. It's such a relief to hear that because even now after the adoption is is done. He's been in my life for four years now, my son, and I still feel insecure talking about it a little bit. The community that we live in, a lot of people don't agree with that. And it is something that I'm, I'm a little insecure about and I shouldn't be because I know I made the right decision. But mom shaming is real and it hurts oh, yeah. sometimes. Even if you know you're right, it hurts. Listen, sometimes I let my kids eat Pop-Tarts
1: off the floor. <laughs> go ahead and mom shame me. I dare you. You know what I mean? No. But on a serious note, no, I it's it's really respectable. And I think, but the thing is, it is a real thing where you do have women that struggle and would look and say, well, you didn't even try. You know, you didn't even try. I would do anything to do, you know, but that's, everybody has their own story. And so I actually, we really appreciate you sharing yours with us. Um. So let's let's go to when you knew it was time for adoption. And how did you guys know that that is the route you wanted to take at this point?
2: Uh, You know, it kind of came to us in a out of the blue way. We were driving to St. George. Actually, we were going to Zion's, my husband and I, along with my sister, my cute little nephew. Um, But we were in our own car and we were just talking about everything going on. And I just threw out there, you know, what if we adopted? What if we just didn't worry about this? Because we actually had gone to a doctor. I'd gone to my endocrinologist, gone to a gynecologist. Um, Bryce has gone to a doctor about surgery and kind of what that would take and what the chances are and everything going on. So we did look into it. We just didn't ever feel comfortable going that route. So we we did put a little bit of research into it. We just didn't go that way. So we were talking about you know how do we make this happen? What feels right? And I just said babe, let's just adopt. Let's just adopt. How great would that be? That would be so great. And the answer to all of our, our questions. And as soon as I said, it, I kind of said it as a joke and we both got really quiet in the car and he, he just said, Amy, that feels really good. Aww. And I said, are you kidding? Cause it does. It really does. So for the next three hours, you know, we talked about adoptions, we daydreamed about it and we had no idea at that point <laughs> what it would take. But that's, by the time we got to St. George, we were jumping out of our car, running over to my little sister and just telling her, guess what we're going to do? We know what we're going to do. And I don't know if she believed us or she thought we were crazy, but we knew we were a hundred percent on it. We know. Yeah, I
1: love that because my very next question was going to be, what were the thoughts running through your head when you make this decision? So at first it was this like, intense, joyous, just like, yes, this is it. This is what we're going to do kind of thing.
2: Yeah. It felt so comfortable. I know it sounds like we didn't think it through, but you know, when things just hit you, they just feel right. Nothing else up to that point had felt good. And this really did. And there was no turning back after that.
0: That's amazing. So what is the process like for adoption? Did you go through an agency? Did you go through a law firm? Tell us what your journey was like.
2: There are a lot of different ways that you can adopt. So for us, our journey started with researching agencies. I got online and I read about every agency I could find that was based out of Utah. Um, I read about international adoption and what that entails. Are there
1: a lot? Can I ask? There like are local. Few, are there mm-hmm. a lot? I
2: mean, obviously, I've never done anything like this, so I'm very interested in there it. There are a okay. few. I think Utah's got... God, at that point, I don't know how many they have now. I think at least five or six that are okay. based out of Utah. Okay. So, you know, reading every review you can find. And, and of course, you have to take cost into consideration looking at the agency's prices and things like that. Um, it took us quite a bit of time. I mean, six months, I'd say, Just, just researching and learning about the options i mean we were looking into everything though like i said domestic adoption international adoption what are our options and there are so many options that it took us some time to find the right one for us
0: to like actually go through and vet everything that's a lot that's way more than i ever thought that it would be
2: it's a lot and i was fortunate because i had a a roommate of mine um from my past (laughs) back in the day that she was a social worker. So I called her up too during this process and I just said, You know, I know this isn't directly what you work with, but can you shed any light on this? And it was so nice because it confirmed to me at an adoption agency that I was really considering that, that seemed like the right fit. And when she told me she knew the owner and she had a lot of respect for that person, I thought, Okay there it is. is That's what I needed to know. That's the
0: one. So what is the process like to adopt? I know that there's got to be a ton of paperwork. There's like, they check you out. What kind of is the process for
2: that? So once you decide which route you're going, and and this um, adoption agency we went through is domestic, by the way. So domestic adoption, infant adoption, uh, you have to start with your paperwork. We do a lot of um background checks and let me Yeah, so Amy you, actually
1: has I love this. She actually brought a stack of her paperwork and what it entails and this is incredible, you guys. There's so much that goes into this. Um and she actually has one paper that is like a checklist of everything. Well, there's different checklists. I mean, there's like they have to do a home inspection um that there's a checklist on that there's like your background checklist I mean Amy take us through you know a little bit of I don't like all all that stack you got over there
2: it's it's so unreal how many things you go through I mean it felt like never-ending paperwork and I, I kind of forgot about it until I preparing for this podcast I looked back through his folder of all of our documents and it's crazy it's so much so forgive me if I get some of the order a little bit incorrect when you go to an agency they will help walk you through this there are forms that give you all of this information so if you're looking to adopt there's a lot of help with the agency specifically so for me it started um with learning about the agency, what their requirements are, their age requirements, there's financial requirements, there's medical requirements, you know, so you had to find. Tell me age
1: requirements. I mean, obviously, I don't think they want some 87 year old coming in Mm -hmm. and adopting or 18 year old. But like, what are do you remember the guidelines of that?
2: I believe For this agency, I believe it was forty. Don't quote me on that because I don't okay. have that here. I'm okay. so sorry. Oh no, I, I just was I wondering didn't. if, off the top of your head, you remember because that I I'm so intrigued by things. And
0: do that. you know off the top of your head if the law here in Utah, at least, is if do you have to be married?
2: Yes. Well, n- you don't actually have to be married, but with this agency, you could be a single parent or you could be married. But if you were married, you had to be married for a certain amount of time. Okay. To show stability.
1: Okay. Interesting.
2: Okay, so what are we, What what's the first thing you're going to tell us about? Okay, so this is just some of the background checks that we went through. So there's a, a background criminal investigation form. Um, You have to do copies of birth certificates. Um, if you've been divorced, you have to have all of your documentation for, for divorce decrees. Yeah. Um, You have to show the last three tax returns you have. You have to show... Uh, a copy of your health insurance form or your card. You have to have three reference letters, two from family and one non-family member. You need to have um, copies of your latest immunization records and a referral from a doctor. Oh, wow. So, I mean, there's doctor's visits. There's background checks. I mean, fingerprint checks. They are very thorough.
1: And I love that um, you have like little post-its, it looks like, on your paper tell us like let's get to real life when you're in this process what did that pink little post-it say
2: you know what's hilarious is this post-it is from when i was going through the process i had just left it on there so this is just reminding me to find our marriage license birth certificates and to fill out a bci form in blue ink that's what that post-it now says oh my goodness
1: well, it's the other post and I like that one. The, That's the other one I post
2: note is you guys are going to laugh, but let's be honest. All of us moms would be like this. So it reminds me to schedule cleaners. To come to my house, which <laughs> yeah. I don't have people come clean my no, house. I saw,
1: that's why I asked you because I saw that one and I loved it. That would totally be me. I'd be like just scrubbing baseboards, doing it. Like we're getting ready. Oh, yeah. We're getting ready for the inspection. So, oh,
2: for sure. I At this point, I was working 60 hours a week on average as well. So I didn't have time to do this, you know, scrub the baseboards kind of thing. So we did hire someone to come in and completely clean our house before our home inspection, which is the next thing we need to talk about. Yes,
1: you have these document you have the documentation, background checks, all of that. And then what do they do for a home inspection?
2: So for a home inspection, you do have to have all these documents prepared to give to the social worker who's gonna come to your house. So I mean, she's gonna ask you a bunch of questions. She's gonna look through your house. There are some things that are required. I mean, they're gonna make sure that you have things like a fire extinguisher you know things you wouldn't think of yeah oh, i would fail <laughs> we bought one because we saw that on Isn't the list i'm telling you one like under your sink
1: or something is that like protocol does that just come but it can't be expired
2: you have, have a to fire check it has to be <laughs>
1: you guys oh, are boy. funny
2: yeah it can't be expired i mean it's crazy we had to show her pet immunizations, um, the medical referrals, like I said, the family references, um, the fingerprints. We had to go through and fill out a bunch of paperwork about us, um, physical descriptions. We had to get in if if you have other children or other people living in your home, you have to get information about them too. Okay. So, and if they were over the age of eighteen, they would also have to have background checks. We didn't have that, but that is something to consider. If you have older kids or, you know, family members living with you, they will need to be vetted just as hard. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. So the home study is one thing that you, you really need to get ready for So I have a whole list if you want me to read it off, okay. but a home study is how your home study. So this is a social worker that comes to your home that evaluates you, After your background checks have come back clear, you have to give her copies of all of those and the medical information, all that. She needs a copy of that. But she's going to come and just scope you out. I mean, make sure that you are going to take care of this child, that you're safe, that you're good people.
1: Okay, is this just like pit stain city like are you just sweating or is
2: this like i mean this seems nerve-wracking to me it was unbelievable i can't even tell you how nervous i was for this home study yeah i mean we were like i said we we had somebody clean our house we were reading everything you could find on Google about what to do to prepare. So we even had a baby gate and we didn't have a kid <laughs> yet, but we had a baby gate at the top of our stairs. <laughs> I mean, every little thing I could story. think of was I there. I feel
1: like I would turn into this crazy, like 1950s. Like I'd be in an apron and have muffins. I, like I would, I don't, I'd probably have curlers in my hair. I don't even know. I feel like I'd be turning into you know a fire extinguisher under the scene. I would <laughs> be carrying my fire extinguisher. <laughs> <Just assure> you.
0: <laughs>
2: Like yes. I'd be a lunatic, I feel like. Guys, they ask you intense questions too. Like they'll ask you about your sex life. What? They ask you about relationships with parents and, so, wait, wait, and wait, 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 wait. nothing is off limits. Yeah, what about their sex life yeah, do they want to know? We're the real shit.
1: You know you gotta tell them. They
2: didn't one. ask specifics. I just asked if we were okay. Okay. Sexually like active. do you have a healthy sex life? And you guys, I almost died when she asked that. Yeah. But we just kind of laughed and we said, I would said, have just oh, been like, we're
0: good. Yeah. Muffin? Like, would you like a muffin?
2: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Here's my fire extinguisher. What, <laughs> what do you determine as healthy? <laughs> Let's You're, get into
0: the guidelines here.
2: Oh, that would have been funny. I didn't think to ask her that. Yeah, this uh, is probably what
1: I would have said. I, I I already bought a fan to run white noise so the baby never hears us having sex. Like, that's how I roll.
2: <laughs> All toys will be hidden. Like, that. Yeah. can...
1: All my kids have fans in their rooms, like it's all white noise. Just at night, our whole house is just like. <laughs> like
0: <you can. laughs> ready marker at it again.
1: <laughs> okay, where were we? Okay, they asked you about the sex life. Yeah, what they else? Asked about okay, sex life. Um, yeah, throw that list
0: at us. Let us know.
2: Okay, let me. I'm gonna read this off. So we. Driver's licenses, birth certificates, marriage certificates, divorce decrees, if applicable, verification of employment, also a pay stub. Oh, wow. Guys, we had to show proof of funds too before we can even apply to this agency. You have to show proof of funds. Um, you have to show that you have.
0: that so you have like all the money up front to adopt? Is that what you're saying? You have to
2: prove that you have the amount required for the agency fee. Wow, which
1: is we'll get into cost in a yeah, second. We'll but, get Okay.
2: There's so many different fees that add up. But, but so you
1: at least have to they have to see you have that fee yes. in there. I feel like there would be months where I would be screwed. Like I feel like there'd be months where I'm like, we're not eating this week, so we got some cash left in there or something. You
2: know?
0: Everyone's <laughs> living off of
2: ramen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean you you had to show that you have um health insurance, auto life. We had to show that we had life insurance and we had to see how much you guys, oh, wow. I would have never considered that. And I'm so grateful that we actually had some through Bryce's yeah. employer because I don't know what would happen if we said no. What but other had personal
1: some. questions that I'm curious. Oh, I wish so. I could remember
2: a lot of them were about family or okay. relationship with our family. And we'll save this for another day, but there is a lot of strain there on, on my, my side of the family, mainly with my mom. Um, and i had to tell her everything i mean oh. she she wanted to know everything about it i mean
1: here's my thoughts how would they know if you were lying you know what i mean
2: i i know do That's they interview
0: your references like and they're going to ask these kind of questions or do they just read like a letter from your reference or
2: they just asked for the reference letters they didn't interview family. I don't know if other agencies do that, though. That's a good question. Ours did not. I The thing I have to say about the woman who came, the social worker, she was so friendly. It made it easier. She wasn't like a taskmaster with a whip and a clipboard. Yeah. It, she was just this cute, cute blonde lady that was so bubbly. And it made it comfortable to kind of go through those awkward questions I don't know. I guess maybe she's trained to know if we're telling the truth or not, but.
0: Probably. They probably really do train them on like lying techniques or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So besides a fire extinguisher, what else in the house are they looking for? Like, do they want the home to be baby proofed already? Or like, are they just making sure that it's like livable conditions?
2: Honestly, I think what's actually required and what suggestions are out there online are very different. I, I went kind of the extreme because I just wanted to prepare as best I could. Um, they do need to make sure there are screens on windows, you know, that that it's a yeah. safe home to be in, that there's a window in every bedroom, uh, things like that. Uh, honestly,
1: adoptive parents probably have way more of a safer environment than just us folks out here with our five kids. We're like, well, <laughs> the screen's been ripped out for a while, but if you open that, it's your own fault. Like, you know, <laughs> well, we're...
0: We're on our
2: tiptoes for sure, for sure. Whitney to likes to call it
1: free-range parenting. So free range.
0: they'll they'll <laughs> learn on their own. You guys, they will learn these things. I love we, it. I feel like we would fail. Yes.
1: No, but that's a, that's intense. That's an intense situation to have someone come in and basically you feel like you're under a microscope a little bit. It
2: seems like, right? Oh, very. So th- I wish I could remember, guys. It's been so long, but so many very personal questions, and I mean, they can look through your drawers through your cabinets really ours didn't okay. but someone else i know who went through the same adoption agency their social worker did wow. so i don't know if they only do that if they feel they need to if that's but they can yeah. i mean they can go through your drawers so i was that's pretty nervous interesting um some of the other things they double check in you know, are the clearances like i said your criminal background check you have to have for anything even like a dui or an unpaid parking ticket, any probation and treatment classes, all of that has to be cleared. Um, Child abuse, neglect, clearances for every state and county you have to live for the past five years. They'll go back that far and check. And your FBI clearance, sex offender uh, clearance, and other states have specific things they check for. But that's kind of the stuff we had to go through.
1: So, yeah, let's talk about when we get down to it, the cost. I think that's a big one. I don't think people realize how much adoption really is.
2: So, everything adds up. Um there there are a lot of little fees. So you do have to get your home study done, which is you pay for all these checks and everything, you know, your doctor's appointments and such. But the the first big payment is your home study. It can vary um, I've heard they go up to over a thousand dollars, but ours was seven hundred and fifty dollars. Wow! Just for the woman to come interrogate us a little bit. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're almost paying to give yourself a heart attack.
2: I know it was a very expensive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and then so you have your home, st- your home fee. So we, we have the we home saw inspection on your thing too. That your application even to put in was cost money.
2: Oh yeah, and we we couldn't even put in our application to the agency until our social worker had filled everything out like you done all yes and And then then she sends it to the adoption agency and when she sends that she'll she'll tell us like i recommended you so you can go ahead and apply they have the copy so at that point then yes just simply the application for the agency is 750 dollars or at least that point it was it might have changed
0: these fees are really adding up. So uh, yes. I mean, everything literally costs
2: money. Everything. I mean,
1: okay. So then where are we? So we go through the, the thing you get accepted, you get approved by all of this. And then you, um, and then you can actually apply
2: to the agency
1: because you're approved
2: of everything. Yes. And when you apply, that's intense. I mean, they'll, they send you this packet of things you need to fill out. You send all of the information that the social worker had too. So all of your clearances, FBI, things like that, they get those too, but then they have more. I mean, they want to know your height, weight, any, um, history of mental illness for you and anyone in your family and anyone that's going to be around the child and specifically what it is, what medications you're taking. Um, they want to know your, your parenting theory, the way you're going to parent are I'd you going like to stay see home whitney
0: <laughs> free range parenting on me. i mean you is know that what? an acceptable thing i don't know
2: i bet after <laughs> meeting these women at the agency i think it would be but <laughs> 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 at that point i had no idea
0: i want to see whitney answer that question yeah, be like you know what we're we're gonna go ahead and pass on <laughs> you hard
2: pass on the free range lady <laughs> over hard there yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. oh some I of the you. hardest stuff for me to answer on the application though was about the child um, things I didn't know of before, um, things like sickle cell disease and these different illnesses. Will you accept a child with this, this, and this? Yeah. So tell us about that. that. So
1: that's, that was actually my next question. So you have to fill out things that you want or don't want within the child, but then also birth mom has to fill out things that she wants and doesn't want for the adoptive parents.
2: So yeah, let's talk about that. So for us, it was hard. It took me days. To sit there because I felt so guilty about rejecting these sweet little innocent babies just because of X, Y, or Z. But then after a few days of just feeling guilty, I had to just go with my gut. And so I chose, you know, of course, no tobacco use, no alcohol use while pregnant, no to these different things, and yes to some of these things that I felt like I was capable of handling. You know, they they ask you what race you're interested in twins boys or girls that i mean anything that you can see
1: that just is so intriguing to me because really i feel like on the other side right that would be a very intense situation uh and stressful and and almost like you would have a little bit of that panic or that guilt of like how can i chew, you know, obviously at the end of the day, everybody wants a healthy baby, whether that baby is, you know, you're growing it inside of you or not, you know, but the, the, the difference is right. Like that's, what's crazy about this process is you're growing a baby and you go to the doctor, right. And you find out something's going on with your baby inside of you. Well, there's, that's your baby. There's no well, never mind. You know what I mean. Yeah, but with it's this, it's like you're getting to actually choose. Do I want to accept these things or not? I mean, that just how how do you even? I mean, that is crazy to me. That that those
2: feelings that would come with that really so much emotion, so much guilt, so much. It it felt almost like picking someone out of a catalog too. It was almost impersonal. Yeah. Uh, it just felt so judgmental. I don't know it was hard. it was so hard,
0: also, I mean, good for you for knowing your capabilities and what you you and your husband can actually tolerate because you know a a baby that is addicted to drugs or you know, that has physical limitations like that is very hard, and not everyone could deal with those kind of things. you know what I mean, so I would be in your same shoes where I would feel guilty, but at the same time, there's things that I know I wouldn't
2: be able to handle. yeah, so that's what it came down to is what what do I think i can I can do, and what do I think i'm I'm prepared for and capable of? And if I'm going to do this, I need to be the best mom I am possible of being. so that's that's how Bryce and I both went went through this and answered the question.
1: well, you know, we appreciate you being real about that. i mean this that's what this podcast is all about are people talking about the things that people don't really like to talk about out loud. And it's kind of that uncomfortable stuff that people
2: don't, you have those thoughts, but you don't say it. Right. I'm the right. queen of that. And so <laughs> even the other people I've talked to about adoption, they didn't talk about this portion of it. I think it's so personal for everybody. And I don't think anybody wants to feel like they're judging these, these sweet babies and they don't want their perception of, so uh, whatever they put. Can I ask you what the birth mom at the time, I mean, obviously
1: you at this point, you don't know that you have this going on yet, but now, you know, let's fast forward just for a smidge. What were her, some of her uh, do's and don'ts or wants and not wanting?
2: You know, I I'm sure there were requirements as far as, you know, financially stable and things like that, that the agency can already assure her. So the things that we were, informed of when we heard about this this birth mom that was pregnant um was that it was a married couple she did want a married couple and she preferred a family that had children so that her her son would have someone to play with and grow up with and not be alone
0: okay and you guys did not have that
2: we did not. We did not. So it's funny. We spent so much time stressing out and feeling so worried and guilty over what we would pick on this form. I'm sure she did too. And at the end of the day, it didn't matter because a lot of the things we clicked nope, nope, nope were actually there. But yeah. when we heard about the situation, we just knew it was the right one.
1: I love that. Uh, something I want to talk about is Amy has a book with her that she brought, and it's kind of her little book that her and her husband put together, um, just all about them, everything, their personal bios. I mean, what's in this book? That and that is what you give to explain that to people. So, do you give it that so to? It's so cute. It's so cute. Oh, thank you. you. give that to? Low. Is that something you made for before um, a birth mother actually chose you guys, and that's just for all the birth moms to look at and and choose you by or how does the book work so
2: this was actually one of the things that we did before um the home study so we read read through the adoption checklist and uh just giving information about yourself writing a letter or your own personal bio is one of those things that was required so you give that in to the agency so we prepared a book and we added a bunch of pictures. We added pictures of us. We added pictures of our dogs because our dogs yeah. are our babies. our family. Um, and our family, you know, nieces and nephews. And we did clear this through everybody so that they they were okay with their pictures being in here. But we wanted to paint a real honest picture of our lives, who we were. And guys, can I just tell you how humbling it is to, to fill this out because you're describing yourself and you have no idea the insecurities that come to your mind. How do you make yourself sound important enough or worthy of this sweet birth mama giving you her child? Like, how do you do that? So this was a struggle. It took a long time. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we were just ourselves. We couldn't be too formal because that's not who we are. Um, and we we told her about ourselves, about our family, about how we grew up. We we mentioned in it how we would like him to be raised, religion, school. You know how how our extended families would be involved. We we were very honest with her, and we just wrote a letter at the end that just told us her how grateful we were. And we know this is hard for her, and we hope that she's okay. And who is? It's an emotional thing The book is
1: beautiful. It's beautiful.
2: Thank you. It's beautiful. Amy, I, uh, and if, if
1: you can't do this without tears, I will do it for you, but I would like to read the last, I probably will start crying. (laughs) I started crying when I was looking at this, the last page, what you said to birth mom. Um, I believe it's the last page when I was looking in it.
2: Yes, absolutely. If, if you don't mind reading it because I will bawl and no one will understand me. (laughs) She's got the tissues.
0: Go ahead. Okay. I'm doing it. So. We want you to know that we think of you every day and we pray for your well-being. We would love to speak with you if you are comfortable doing so. Thank you for taking the time to get to know us a little better. May God bless you as you make your decision. Love Bryce and Amy. Oh my gosh. That is the cutest. This book is amazing. Seriously. All the pictures, the bios.
2: This is the real deal. It's, It's difficult to write a letter to someone that you don't know, but that you know is so important. So... I mean, we, we made, we made this book and we just prayed that, you know, we did the best we could. We were very honest and the the right birth mom would, would be able to fill that. And that's what we prayed for. And that's what happened.
1: Well, and that's the thing. And the thing I love that you said the most was that she didn't even flip through that book. I mean, she took one look, didn't you say at the front and just knew, yes.
2: and just felt that's them. When we were matched, that's exactly what happened. I love, love, love that.
0: That is incredible. So let me ask this question really quick. How do you decide, or do you, or does the birth mom decide whether it's an open or a closed
2: adoption? That's actually one of the questions that are asked in the uh, um, adoption questionnaire, you know, the application. And we just put, we're open to anything, whatever the birth mom's comfortable with. And for us, she ultimately chose closed it, it was a hard thing for her, and she needed that separation to be able to move on. I think.
0: Can you tell us the the difference in open and closed? I mean, obviously, open. There's some communication. Is there rules to that? Like, what? I mean, obviously, she. I, I'm assuming she can't just drop in at any time. And then when it's closed, is it like there is? I, I would assume there is absolutely no contact. It's that is what it is, and there's nothing really shared about her. So even later you can't really track her down or like how, what's the difference between the open and closed?
2: So there's actually three options. There is completely open. There is um, open with phone calls and letters, and then there's completely closed. So there's kind of an in-between there. Um, I know a lot of people that have completely open adoptions and the birth moms in their life and, and she comes for family parties and their children know, who she is. And it's very open. Um, I think that that would be really hard.
0: That is exactly what I was thinking when you were saying that, that would be
2: very difficult for me. I think this is, this is one of those things that's hard to admit and it's hard to talk about. Um, my husband doesn't even quite understand it, but I think there's a difference with women and men and still to this day, I feel some connection to her. I feel some intimidation. Um, I'm worried about the day that he wants to go find her because I just feel like she's competition in a way. And I know that's so terrible to admit, but I love him so much that it does. It feels like I'm sharing him with this woman out there who is very real, even though we don't see her in person. Um, she's very real and I have to share him with her. And again, my husband doesn't feel that way. I think it's, maybe we're more so emotional mama but-
0: instinct there.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I said, I chirped in and said, Nope, in between
1: <laughs> that because that's why I love what you're saying, because this is the stuff that every woman, most of us, I'm not gonna say every, but most of us probably feel and have those feelings. And we, and, But nobody says it out loud. There is. There there's gotta be feelings of jealousy that come. There's gotta be feelings of insecurity, competition. Those are all real things that me, I'm sitting here the whole time listening to you, like,
2: yep, I'd feel that way. Yep, I'd struggle with that.
0: I mean Oh yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, she's not a secret. He's he just turned four years old and he I think we'll get into it probably in in a minute, but she did want the closed adoption, but things have changed a little bit. So we do have some pictures of her and she has some pictures of him okay. and all of us. Um, but I show him the pictures that she sends. And I just say, you know what? This is... And I say her first name. I don't call her his birth mom because I don't think that would... That would just be very confusing for him at this point. Yeah. and I just said, hey, this is... Yeah. You know, and I'm keeping her name private just for her own sake, since she wanted things close. I'm trying to be respectful, yes, but of he knows who she is. Uh, he doesn't know what that means, but he's familiar with pictures of her. So she's she's there, and as he grows and asks questions, I never want it to be something that he's uncomfortable asking. Even though I feel insecure with it, I want him to be open and have every answer I can possibly give him.
0: Okay, this just came to my mind. So you were saying the closed adoption changed a little bit. And is that by both of you kind of agreeing to swap some pictures? Yes.
2: So, okay. So I have to tell you back, can we go back a little bit? So back to, after we fill out the application, we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And in between this time, um, there was a little boy who we thought we were going to adopt he was actually through a different agency. We saw a thing about it on Facebook, of all places, and we reached out to that agency and talked to him a lot. We we were in the process of of having that matched. We had a picture of him in our home. Um, he was the cutest little. He was six weeks old. He was here in Utah, and it didn't go through. You guys, that has to be absolutely heartbreaking. It was so hard. Um, adoption is hard, you guys. It's so emotional for so many reasons. This particular little baby was born early. You can tell that he wasn't super healthy in the picture. And his mom was living in the homeless shelter downtown Salt Lake. And he didn't have a shirt on. He just had a dirty blanket in this picture. And I just wanted to take him home and give him a bath and feed him. And, oh, I just my heart went out to this little baby. Um, so I got really, really attached and it seemed like everything was going well, but she kept dodging the meat. She was supposed to meet us. We we did have this picture of him, but she hadn't met us in person yet. And after a few weeks of this, uh, we found out that she had taken off. She'd left the state and that she had no intention of ever placing him. So it wasn't that she didn't want to place him with us. It's that she didn't want to place him. This agency was paying for housing for her. They took her out of the the shelter and paying for housing. They were giving her a cell phone and she was, she's turning around and selling these gift cards that they gave her for clothes and food and selling them for drugs. And Ugh. that was so hard because, and I can still see him. You guys, I can still see this little boy that. And so she, you're saying she kept him and had No.
1: But she was just being taken care of. Oh, she, she, she had, had no
2: know. intention of placing him. She was uh, using him and working the system.
0: Is that adoption fraud? Is that what they call? Is that what they call that?
2: It probably is. I I didn't ever hear that term from the agency directly. They just were very blunt and told me what happened. Like, Even okay, that was a- she was. We we weren't charged anything at that point. Um, with this agency it's it's not so many small fees broken down like the one we ultimately went with this is just a one lump sum that covers everything so the agency was was who paid for her phone and food and clothing stuff so we weren't actually out anything but emotionally that tore us apart
0: I think emotionally being out something is way worse than financially being out I still hope that would be so
2: hard I still hope he's okay I still can see that oh, picture of him. That, you those know, were my thoughts thing. is that's somebody who needs to get away from that situation. And it's not sure. that she just didn't pick us. It's that this poor baby is still not being taken care of. And that crushed me. So my husband and I, after that went down, we stayed in bed for three days. And guess what we did? Have you guys ever seen the TV show blacklist?
1: No, I haven't watched it.
2: We rented it or we bought it on iTunes and we watched two whole seasons in Aww. three days we literally did not leave our room Sounds at like all a for good three days. it's such a violent amazing show that you wouldn't think that that would help you feel better but it was a good distraction Aww. we'd watch blacklist and then cry and watch more blacklist Aww. so it was it was hard that was really hard
1: thank you for sharing that honestly it, it, let's speaking of that and having something fall through what was the process of when did you find out that, you know, your little boy now that you did adopt, when did that come
2: about? I mean, how how did that work? So the day that we found out about our son was actually the 4th of July. And that morning I woke up at about 7 o'clock in the morning, which is, I mean, I didn't have to go to work that day. I was just still in this funk um, about this other little boy that that wasn't being taken care of. And I took the dogs out. Bryce was still in bed. He didn't want to get up. We were both pretty, pretty torn up still. And I remember I took the dogs out to go to the bathroom really early in the morning. And I looked up at the sky and I just started screaming at the sky, like, I know this was what you wanted us to do. Why isn't this happening? How could you let us hurt this much? If this is what you wanted us to do, it has to happen now because if it doesn't, I can't do this. I, I can't, I'm way too emotionally fragile to handle this ever again. I know people who have had this happen multiple times, but for me, this time was brutal and I couldn't get past it. So I, my neighbors think I'm crazy, just like screaming up at the sky, literally screaming and then I came back in and I just sat on the couch because I didn't want to go wake up my husband and you guys literally within five minutes of just sitting there, my phone beeps that I have an email. And this isn't the normal way that you find out about this. Um, But there was an email and they call it a stork situation when there's a birth mom that is in labor, right? then, And there's not time to go through the normal route. Um, So that's that's how I found out about my son. Yeah, it was crazy. So it was that soon to her, she was
1: in labor or going into labor? She
2: was in labor. And so they emailed, I'm sure they sent out like a blast to everyone that- was, you know, signed up with them. So they just said, if you want, and they gave us a little bit of information about her and how far along she was health, you know, the little bit that they knew because she had just gotten here. So the agency didn't know much about her at that point either. So they gave us a little bit of information and said, if you all want your profile shown to this birth mom, it has to happen now. So respond quickly because we will be gathering profiles and bringing them to the hospital.
1: Bryce, get out of bed. Like yours probably I
2: screamed and it scared him. And I said, Bryce, this is it. This is it. And he said, no, it's not. And I said, baby, I know it's it. I know it is. And we read the email again. And that's when I noticed that she specifically requested a family that had kids. And we were both still very raw from the the last situation that we went through. And he said, you know what? It, it's not it. It's not it. I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And I said, baby, please, please, can I tell them to show us or show her our profile? And he's just like, whatever. If you feel good about it, go ahead. So I did. I emailed him right away, and I just said, "Please show her our profile. I know we don't have other kids, but please just show her." So we did.
1: Oh. And then,
2: and then, oh my god, keep going. She, uh, the labor stopped. Okay. So then, um, they they sent everybody information, and she said, "Okay, labor stopped. She's not actually due yet." Um, So we will still go ahead and show your your profiles, but we're gonna put her on the adoption agency's website so that everybody has a chance to see it. Mm. So it they call it a situation. Um, <laughs> it <just> sounds <laughs> sounds like so negative to me. I don't know why they call it that, it but sure is a situation, situation where there. these prospective birth parent or adoptive parents go and we read about these babies that are coming into the world and what we know. And so a bunch of other people now suddenly have time to say, yeah, show her our profile. And, and it took until uh, July 15th is the day that the social worker, not the same one that has a home study, but, but his birth mama's social worker brought all of the profiles to her apartment and, and, sat with her and looked through them. And that's when she picked us.
1: Oh my goodness. Oh, I love this. I I love this story. I'm totally hooked. I feel like I'm just like, keep going, keep going. Oh, you guys. So, all right. Now we're kind of phasing into the emotional process here, right? We talked about the physical process, the emotional process. You get chosen. What's going on? Okay, you have to tell this story about how you had i'm gonna let you say it how prepared were you amy i was Tell the people. so
2: prepared it was the only thing that kept me busy i mean besides work but mentally you know when when i wasn't at work and i was at home i had to do something so guys his nursery was done i'm talking <laughs> quilts bedding his crib changing table decorations i had a rocking chair in there for him some toys we had everything everything okay, ready wait, for him. I have to ask this.
1: So you said you had a boy room ready. So is it because you were requesting to have a baby boy? Yes, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah.
2: So we did when we, we were talking about it and, and praying about it and thinking about it. We just felt like a boy was for us. There's no real reason other than just deep down in our guts. That's what we felt. Yeah. So, so you were prepared. We were, yeah. We so were prepared. We had clothes. Call. So we get this call. We, so we knew that her social worker was taking these profiles over that night. And you guys, I was so nervous and I did not think that there was any way we were going to get a call that night. I think she went over maybe around eight o'clock at night to go talk to the birth mom and show her all these profiles. And I took some sleeping medicine I think I took Benadryl to help me sleep. Amy's getting drunk that night. I know, you guys. (laughs) Better hope (laughs) hope that social worker doesn't show up at the door. You guys, she called me. Oh, Okay, so she calls me and wakes me up at like 1130 because I just, I knew I wouldn't sleep. So I, I took this Benadryl so I could sleep. And when I answered the phone, she's like, oh, did I wake you up? And of course I lie. I'm like, Oh no, no, I'm up. No, I'm, I've been up forever. <laughs> I've been up because no, we've been having five hour sex. Cause our sex life is great. Yes. <laughs> yes. Write that down. It is amazing. <laughs> Remember how I told you that? Okay. Yeah. So she asked if I, if she woke me up and I'm like, no, no, of course not. And she was emotional too. She was emotional. And she told me, she's like, Amy, I have to tell you, she's like, I went over there with five profiles of families that did have other kids and you and Bryce were the only ones that didn't. But when she looked at your your picture on the front of your, your um, book, your bio book, she burst into tears and said, it's them, it's them. And she hadn't even opened it and read it. It was just the, the one picture of us on the front of the page. And she yeah, said, I, I know no, that's them.
0: Oh my gosh that gives me chills so bad i'm crying in my it's shirt. still unbelievable <laughs> oh, I can't i'm crying believe, in my shirt
2: i can't believe she picked us still and he's four <laughs> oh.
1: okay so then and then do they tell you like she goes into labor and do you go to the hospital like how does that work really quick okay for so for
2: us you guys from this point on we had the best situation possible i think it went as smooth as it can be so she picked us um, and then that was on July fifteenth. So a few days later, she had a doctor's appointment where she was gonna make sure everything was fine. They were gonna hear his heartbeat. She called and invited me to go to the doctor's appointment with her. Aww. So, um. Oh, you guys,
1: give me those. I'm skipping
2: tissues. this. Oh <laughs> I met her first. I'm so sorry. My, uh, my chronological. That's okay. We're, we're off. All,
1: most of our listeners are women. Oh, we're all just like, we all just probably guys. gab like
2: this too, and with so each other. So she wanted to meet us and of course wanted to meet her. So uh, I think it was two days after they called us, we went to dinner and she got to pick the restaurant and her social worker was there and our social worker was there. And so we were all together and I walked up and I saw her, I saw her sitting there And I'm pretty sure I ran up and hugged her. (laughs) And then I just looked at her and I got tears in my eyes and I just said, hi. And she was like the exact same tears. And she told me hi. And then I, I remember just filling her belly and I said, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Um, and I didn't even realize that I was touching her belly. And then, a- after it was all over, when we were out in the parking lot on the way home, the social worker's like, You better not do that. They tend not to like that so much. Oh. And I thought, Oh no, <laughs> what did I do? But it was just natural. I mean, we hit it off. It was comfortable to talk to her. We didn't talk a lot about him. We talked about her. We talked about us. We talked about movies. We talked about food. I have to know what restaurant did she pick? She picked Olive Garden. Okay. All right. All uh, right. All right. It's all a choice. Yeah. Choice. She loves it. It's her favorite. <laughs> so we went to Olive Garden and now every time we go there or go past it because we live pretty close. I, I think of that every time. Um, but it was so easy to talk to her and get along with her. And she was so cute. And it it couldn't have gone better so wow. it was a couple days after that that she invited me to her, to her doctor's appointment because we'd already met at that point so she invites me to her doctor's appointment and it's just me and her and the doctor in this room and I'm standing up by her head because yeah this is new for me Robert. I've never been in the room for anything like this and I'm trying to just make small talk with her you know and as soon as I hear the heartbeat i just start crying i just start bawling and i just said you thank you thank you thank you thank you and i think i leaned down and hugged her (laughs) (laughs) oh um and she was just like you know what it's good she's like thank you thank you she was so grateful to us like we were doing her some big favor and to me that's crazy but um after after that we went to lunch Um, Bryce wasn't there but it was just she I and the doctor in in the room and it was awesome to just be able to spend a little bit more time with her and talk to her about just the most random things we didn't talk a lot about the baby Uh, you know it, it was so weird how that was almost avoided just to keep things positive you know yeah. you know that's heartbreaking and i have
1: to ask this question how long can someone change their mind how long does a birth mom have to
2: change their mind
0: Good
2: question uh in utah it is six months before you can oh, finally legally Oh finalize.
0: my gosh
2: oh and my gosh. that is the longest wait you guys the longest and scariest wait so for six months were you a wreck after this no because it went so well Okay, Um, okay. I'm going to back up again a little bit because I don't think this is common, but everything went so well that she invited Bryce and I to be in the room with her when he was born. Wow. So we watched our son be born and being in the room with her, gosh, that was hard because she's in pain and she's emotional and we don't know how to feel and how to react and how to be there for her. Without making her uncomfortable, but she did invite us to be in there. One thing that she specifically requested is, "Don't bring me flowers." Mm. We, we were going to bring her a huge bouquet of flowers, and she said, "Please don't bring me flowers. Will you bring me some headphones? Because I don't want to hear him cry." Aww. Oh my god! So we got her these big noise canceling headphones, <laughs> and when it, she was induced, so we we knew what day it was happening, in, and and. Uh, when he was born she she had her headphones on and she turned her head and mm. the doctor cut the cord and rushed our son right out because she didn't want to see him so her eyes were closed and and Bryce ran out with the doctor and i stayed and her head was turned and there was just tears streaming down her face and i just hugged her mm. and we didn't have anything to say but i just hugged her for what felt like forever and I just said thank you so much. And I I did tell her, um, I know you want this closed. I know you don't want to see him, but if you ever change your mind, I promise you I'll send you letters and tell you everything about him and pictures. Just I'll I oh, promise. So
0: Yeah, we're just a mess over here. Yeah, yeah they oh, crying.
2: It was something I'll never forget. That was so hard and I was so happy, you guys, and so sad for her at the same time. Oh, that's just, the, the emotions have to just be...
0: Oh, that's a roller coaster.
2: Yeah, you feel guilt because you're taking something away that is breaking this poor birth mom's heart, and then I'm so excited to go see him. So, it, yeah, it's... Anybody out there thinking about adopting, you guys got to be prepared for this. I wasn't. Yeah. I I didn't know I'd be in the room. I thought that was separate. And then the doctor just said, here you go. After the baby was all cleaned up, you know, I I didn't know what to expect. And that's not how it happened. And
1: and so, yeah, I mean, really, I know we need to wrap it up here, but so she, um, what happens with birth mom at this point? Is it just, is that it where you just kind of, you guys go and you're in a different room and setting with the baby and then birth mom is recovering and then on our way so how does that work
2: normally yes um our social worker told us that it was uncommon how well we got along and how comfortable we were with each other i think usually the birth moms they don't want anything to do with you yeah you know they want to meet you to make sure everything's good but they don't want anything to do with you but this was different um she wanted me in the room with her the whole time she she ended up hemorrhaging actually the night he was born. And so she was in the hospital for an extra day to make sure everything was okay. And I spent an entire day, Bryce was in the nursery with our son. I spent the entire day from visiting hours, open to close in her hospital room with her. Mm. She was telling me all about her life, clothes she's going to wear when she can fit into them and Mm. hairstyles and movies and Oh, can I ask, is
1: she young? I know we can't talk too much, but was she young? She's 25 when he was born. Okay, which I mean, you know, young if you're not... Yeah, yeah. You don't have, like, the stability of a family and things like this. Yes, young to be going through this kind of on your own. (sighs) Okay, I I feel like I'm, like, we're all just crying. I don't even know where we're at here
0: with
2: this.
0: (laughs) Wit, take it away. So, um, yeah, so, okay. Tell us kind of your journey of being a mom.
2: So, we take him home from the hospital and he it was just it felt right from the beginning he he did have a hard time coming off of something so he needed a lot of attention and you guys I don't I don't regret one missed shower the the night's sleep because he wanted held constantly I mean constantly you could not put him down and I'm so grateful that I had all that time with him Mm um he's so funny he is so strong. He's a big kid. He's big for his age.
1: I can vouch for this. We are good friends with Amy and Bryce, and their little guy is the cutest
2: thing ever. He's such a <laughs> he He's a giant, awesome, athletic oh, kid. Like, I love him. He's so cool. Uh, every day, Bryce and I just say, how did this... We still can't believe this happened. Oh. We went through everything, but it feels like some weird dream, and we can't believe this is what came from all of that. Like this most amazing little person that just fits in so well.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so cute. So looking back, is there anything that you would have done
2: differently? Gosh, that's hard. I don't think so. I mean, if I could have talked myself down from stressing out so much about certain things that were out of my control, like how would the home study go and, uh, you know, worrying so much about, oh, no one's going to pick us because we're not, lawyers and MDs and, you know, these crazy things that you're comparing yourself to all these other parents out there that are on the, the adoptive parent waiting list that you see, I would have just calmed down a little bit and not stressed out so much. Because you guys, I was a nervous wreck. don't you wreck. feel
1: like it's easy to say that after the fact? Oh, I mean, we would always. all be
2: going crazy
1: through this. <laughs> always,
2: always. It ended up so well that other than that, I don't think I'd change anything.
1: Oh, I wanted to ask you this, Amy, did you, um, do you guys ever think, I don't know if I've ever even asked you this personally, do you guys ever think about adopting again for him to have a sibling or do you know, like, this is just our little family and we're cool with this?
2: That one's hard for me. It's another one of those guilt versus how I feel. Um, his birth mom did ask the, the night that the social worker called us and and said, you know what? She she picked you guys, but she does want to know, will you have more kids in the future? And I just told her, you know what? I can't promise that. I don't know. I would like to say yes. I'm not opposed to it. So, I and mean, that's all I can tell you. So part of me wants. I'm going to be honest. Part of me wants a little girl. You guys, little girl clothes are so cute. Little boy, boy clothes are cute too, but it's not the same. So <laughs> it's not, it's not. we know that. I we would know. love a little girl to dress and spoil, but it feels right with just a street. It really does. So if that changes, then absolutely we'll go through it all again. And I have no problem with that, but it does need to feel like the right thing. Yeah,
0: I feel like that even with, just deciding to have another kid in general like it, I agree. that's a tough decision no matter what and it's always kind of like are we done are we not done is our family complete like there's always that like i i don't really
2: know how do you know when you're done you know and how do you know how much a new child will change the dynamic of what you have and you love your children and yeah oh gosh everything is so it's it's really like the puppies
1: all right. <laughs> it really is. When I went to go pick up the pizza the other day, it's like that with babies. I see a friend or a sister or somebody have babies and you, oh baby, you know, but then I have to go to reality and think, no, 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 no. We're okay. Like the reality of having another, right? Like those are the things that whether it's adoption, whether it's your own biological, whatever you, those are thoughts that we all have. Like, am I done? Am I not
2: done? Can we do this? Do I want to do this? You know, I think it's a, a good thing that it's a lot more difficult to have a baby whatever route you take yeah. because puppies man you get to see a picture of them on ksl and you can go get them. <laughs> this is why i have a four-month-old puppy right now who i'm potty training and a toddler oh, who man. now wants to pee outside because amy, the dog does amy <laughs> went amy went
1: to go pick up the little caesars and she saw the puppy
2: and i saw the puppy oh puppies you
1: guys they're so cute Well, I, you know, I have to tell this little story before we wrap up here. Uh, Amy's husband, Bryce, was actually Mark and I's realtor. And I love it. It was so meant to be that we met. And when I met Bryce, I was, this is more of a funny story. I was actually, what, eight months pregnant, like ready to pop. When we sold our house, we moved into our new home. I was just ready to go into labor. And um, Bryce came in. I got really, really sick um, with something like pneumonia, bronchitis type of whatever. It was really random. And my husband, Mark said, the realtor's coming over. And I think I was down on our recliner for probably at this point, six days in a row, like probably just pooping my pants. Like I don't even, I didn't, I just was in my own filth. Like did not move in that like really bad sick stage, you know, and you're just so deathly ill like, you know, so pregnant. Every time I bronchial coughed, I was peeing myself. Like it was bad guys. It was bad. And he's like, Oh, the realtor will be here in a couple of minutes. And I was like, <sighs> don't you, he can't come in here quarantine, like get him a hazmat suit. This is not okay. And your poor husband walked in and he, you better believe he came down and still met me. It was the most humiliating time of my life because I was meeting this, you know, realtor. He's all professional and, and he comes in and I'm hacking my lungs out. And I was like, I'm so sorry, man, just run. Like, (laughs) I swear I'm a clean person. Like it was so embarrassing. And we, we've all been friends ever since. Like, he sold us our he sold our home got us our our new home and when i met amy i was just like oh we are life all lifelong friends but i remember having my little babe right after that and you did i remember you saying like oh she's just so sweet and i always used to say anytime you need a little baby girl fix you can just
2: babysitter you can you can have her for a little bit and the one time i did watch her i'm not kidding she was the cutest and i probably took what 20 pictures and I sent loved them to it. you <laughs> to document everything she was doing because everything was cute to me
0: (laughs) I love it
1: well Amy thank you so much for sharing your you know really personal journey with us for sure
0: yeah seriously I'm totally hooked to the story like hook line and sinker this has been so fascinating I love it thank you guys
2: I love being here
1: we're excited we are excited we love your cute little family and we're super happy for you and thank you for being on with us you guys uh tune in next time and you always know where to find us instagram facebook uh email us get real i don't know what i'm saying get real bnw at gmail.com and uh, let's keep it real until next time